When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And good morning. This is the Falcons podcast. It is Monday morning after schedule release. The mini camp, rookie mini camp is underway. The Falcons are signing players. It's been a busy spring for the Atlanta Falcons. And speaking of busy, this guy over here, Nick Kendall, is busy. I am your host, Scott Kennedy. I'm in Atlanta. He is in uh, Seattle, so we're coast-to-coast with your football coverage. And just want to say good morning. So how are you, Nick? I'm doing well. Had a pretty low-key weekend. Went out to the uh, the beach. It was hot here in Seattle. It was summer weather. So went out to the beach, uh, hung out with the dog on the beach. He's uh, he's three, so he's not always the best um, behavior-wise. He really wants to find sticks and, like, chomp on them and eat them, which, you know, not the best behavior. But uh, it was good. Um, did some swimming. It was It was a good weekend overall other than the uh, how hot it is in the house, but it'll be cooler soon. It's nice when they're allowed on the beach too. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, I call it the tyranny of the minority. You know, you, you let a million dogs into one place, one dog bites somebody. And all of a sudden, because of one dog and the civil lawsuits, now nobody's allowed to have dogs. And it's just, yeah, you know, you go, we won't get into all that, but th- this country isn't as free as you think because it's run by civil lawsuits, unfortunately. <laughs> but everybody's free to come in here and drop a like. And I know who always does that is Michael Ranquillo. So good morning, Michael. He says, good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. Up bright and early with us this morning. Um, and Mark Schrader coming in from Texas also says, good morning. Uh, Jeremy Sean coming in early, also over on YouTube. Says well, good morning, Scott and Nick and Eric Ortiz. Also, he says go Falcons. Um, Roderick Cook is in. He's already he's over across the pond. He says afternoon everyone. And then Jeremy Sean has a question. Hey Scott, side question: Have you heard the '98 Braves by Morgan Wallen? I wonder if that song is popular in the Atlanta area. I don't know that song and I don't know who Morgan Wallen is. So I, I wouldn't say it isn't popular. I'm not always the authority on popular music. Uh, I, I, I gave up FM radio right around that same time was uh, I put F, I put XM in my 2000 forerunner uh, when I got it because just FM radio was so horrendous. So I'm not a, an authority on popular music. <laughs> I can tell you what good music is, but no, I don't know that one. Um, and then Michael says he's country music. Yeah, 
I'm not much of a country guy either. So uh, I don't, I don't know, but I'll check it out. I, I like, I like music and I like all kinds of different music. If it's got some, some passion to it. Um, you know, some of this droning on uh, the, 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 the really weak vocals and uh, I can't stand that stuff. So if it's got some passion to it, I usually, I usually like that type of genre, whether it's country, hip hop, like I'm a DMX guy, not a regular hip hop guy. DMX has some oomph to him. Um, about the only time that it's soft, I like Zach Brown a lot. So that's, he's on the more laid back side, but he's, he's still pretty good. Uh, Brian Bonner coming in says, good morning, guys. Good morning to you as well. Kevin Maps says, good morning. And good morning to you as well. And good for you, Scott. And I already forgot what was good for me. So thank <laughs> Bet you don't listen to country probably. Oh, I thought that came in a little after that, but no, I don't, I don't listen too much. I like, as far as country goes, I, I like like three artists. I like Clint Black. Uh, I like uh, Zach Brown, who was sort of country, a little bit of almost reggae in there with uh, you know, the, the Jimmy Buffett influence. And I really like the Dixie Chicks because I, I, I've always liked the strong female lead singer going all the way back to Pat Benatar, Hart, uh, that type of stuff back in the early 80s and late 70s and stuff. So anyway, there's your uh, there's your music, your music thing. But most of the stuff I listen to is pretty hard rock. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm all over the place. I listen to a lot of uh, classical music because I just need something on in the background. So mm -hmm. more of the romantic era. I also played violin since the age of four years old. So that's very didn't, cool. Didn't have much of a choice in that one. My mom's an orchestra teacher. Uh, but uh, also I listened to a lot of like indie folk, just something kind of calm background, something that you feel like you're walking outside barefoot. You know, that's kind of the vibe I, I, I enjoy a lot of times. Yeah, I like some tool also. I think uh, God, I can't remember the name of the song and I've called it the perfect hard rock song. Um. And I can't now I can't remember the name of it. It's not my favorite hard rock song, but the builds and the anti-establishment of it, the right when you think it's gonna end, it goes back again. The drum lines, I'm like, it's 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 a perfect hard rock song. Not my favorite, but it's it's really good. Now I can't remember it. It's uh The Pot, I think is the name. Tool the Pot. It's uh is what it's called. So um anyway, on that note, let's get back to why we're here. <laughs> Chris Walker bringing us back on point. Thank you, Chris. He says, rookie minicamp is in progress. Hope it's a start of promising careers for our newest players. Uh, absolutely. Um, I know that, that B. John Robinson, you know, what are they going to do there? It's it's more about learning. Arthur Smith has basically said that this. He said, everybody passed the look test. That's important. You know, everybody yeah. shows up in shape and they're ready to go and they're ready to work because you cannot work if you're out of shape. So he said, everybody passed the look test. It's about taking what they teach you in the classroom to try and take it to the field. If you make a mistake or you don't know, can you correct it and learn and those type of things. And the Falcons did sign three players over the weekend. Uh, wide receiver Slade Bolden, defensive back Clifford Chapman, and linebacker Andre Smith. Those are 90-man roster signings for the way that I see. And I think they'd all be long shots to make the 53 at the end of the season. Um, Andre Smith has the most experience of that bunch. He's played in the NFL for five years and most recently of, of Tennessee shock. I know, but he actually wasn't in Tennessee when Arthur Smith was there. So, um, we'll see. I don't, I don't expect a whole lot of those guys. Uh, Clifford Chapman's pretty interesting. He's six, five, 200 pounds and played some corner. Uh, but he was on the same team as Tyreek Woolen at, you know, six, mm -hmm. five, 190 pounds. They, they were running giraffes out there at UTSA, Nick. Yeah. 
Uh, they have a pretty good team, good quarterback two out there. So UTSA, we'll see if they get a bump up at some point here. But uh, they're good. I got Kevin Mapp coming in saying, let's go Red Stallions. Guys, God, I sent you that video, and we both had a good chuckle at that one. But Everybody should have laughed at that one. Yeah, that it was just, pretty it good. It just kept going. The only one that didn't was my daughter because she didn't get it. My my son did. She's like, I don't get it. I'm like, that's well, okay. You're not supposed to. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be just – they do that like on the street with like – what was it? Uh, David Letterman. You know, what's the name of a – what's a pianist? You know, like give your best <laughs> guess at what that is, you know. Uh, but uh, on the Falcons as a whole, still talking about it, two names that the Falcons.com puts out there uh, is uh, Cam Sutton, tight end, uh, six foot six, 230 pounds, uh, kind of a tweener with that body type, but something to watch out for. And then they also brought in J.J. Arthega-Whiteside. I think it's actually with a TH pronouncing. So five signings this weekend. Um, I don't know if they've uh, totally signed yet, but these are guys that stood out and caught the eye for tryouts. And J.J. Arthega-Whiteside was a... Uh, I believe a second or third round pick um, from Stanford, kind of a contested catch merchant out there. Not a lot of separation, but uh, obviously didn't really live up to it with the Eagles. Eagles kind of took the Patriots route and said, you know what? We're not very good at drafting wide receivers. Maybe we should uh, trade for one and uh, worked out pretty well. But JJ, Arcega Whiteside, I think it's like with a PH. It's got a weird pronunciation, uh, but he's one that talented at Stanford enough to be drafted in the top 100. And now he's out there kind of a, again, guy without a, body type specific role. Uh, but I think with this positionless football, somebody with that skill set that Arthur Smith can deploy and a good blocker at that as well. Somebody that I'm keeping an eye on, uh, given how many, how much opportunity there is on this Falcons roster at wide receiver. Yeah. You look at their, their depth chart and it goes five deep right now. So they're trying to find guys, you know, mm-hmm. it, they'll be, they, they might keep six and they've got three, six, nine, 12, 13, and not even counting JJ on the depth chart right now. So yeah, um, there's, there's a lot of opportunity, but doesn't mean there's a lot of quality. So who's going to, who's going to stand out? Yeah, Joe Cannon, great morning, Scott, and Nick to you as well. And, uh, let's see, Jay, uh, Jason Heller is not a fan, so he doesn't think JJ is going to last. And it, a lot of the guys that are there that are not rookie draft picks won't last. No. Uh, you know, that's just what it comes down to. And you he's talking there. The, the rookie, it's a rookie mini camp and it's a tryout period if they were really, really good, they wouldn't be at a rookie minicamp tryout period. So they're long shots. That's yeah. okay. I'd rather be a long shot than a no shot. So um, they have a chance. They have a chance. And yeah. that's what they're they're even asking for. And, you know, as John says, they need wide, more wide receivers even for depth. Depth guys are easy to find. Impact guys are a little tougher. It is a thin position right now. Um, you know, you look at this, the starting wideout group, and it says Drake London, Mac Hollins, and Scotty Miller. Um, but you change that around a little bit and say, okay, I can drop Bijan in the slot. I can drop uh, Drake in the slot, move Kyle Pitts outside and Cordero Patterson outside. Now my four wide looks pretty dangerous with Tyler Algier in the backfield. Hmm. That's a run and shoot that looks pretty run and shoot. So, and, and then Drake London can run. I mean, mm-hmm. um, Desmond Ritter can run. So that becomes a very interesting uh, offense. There are explosive players here. They just might not be what you would normally think of as true wideouts. They're playmakers, yeah. playmaker football. Yeah, you might have an issue with, uh, you know, the backbreaking, you know, 60, 70 yard play where, you know, you're running away from people outside of Bijan Robinson, but that doesn't mean you can't create explosives, right? Anything, you know, 30 plus yards, especially if you have the size that the Falcons have on the perimeter can happen. You know, he just need, makes one guy miss and then it's good luck bringing him down. Uh, it's going to yeah. be gang tackling out there. And, and if you get a matchup problem in, in Kyle Pitts, if, if you let Kyle Pitts get stretched out, you're not catching him. 
you know, you're, 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 you're he covers too much ground. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if you're, if you're pressing the line of scrimmage and you get any of those guys on a quick slant and get behind them, Jerry Rice wasn't fast per se. No, my God, he caught a zillion slants for a million yards. Um, because he'd catch it and go. So it, it's also about uh, matching up like that. But speaking of matchups, Nick, we have not been on since the Falcons, the Red Stallions released their schedule. And if anybody doesn't know what we talk about when we say Red Stallions, just raise your hand in the chat. We'll, we'll help explain it. Um, but I think that video got 5 million views in 12 hours on just Twitter. That's not yeah. even saying Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. whatnot it probably got seen by 25 30 40 million people uh so just 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 hold your hand up we don't we don't mind saying it again but i'm gonna uh i'm gonna share this screen here real quick and see how it comes up not that one i don't want to look at me dumb dumb uh but we'll go entire screen and we'll go schedule and you can't really see it that well down at the bottom of course we don't need to see the guys up top we know who's on the team so we'll just and zooming isn't working either so open image, a new tab, that might work better. Now, if we zoom, yeah, there you go, dum-dum. All right. So we got the schedule there down at the bottom. And, and frankly, Nick, I look at this schedule and think, man, the Falcons should win a bunch of games this year. Yeah. I mean, we knew the opponents already, but just how it sets up, this is not a lot of quality uh, football teams. So we'll be... Interesting to see how it all plays out. I also think it's interesting uh, just uh, starting off here. Maybe your two of your tougher games on paper pretty early in the season. Uh, but after that, man, it seems like a pretty much a, a slow pitch softball here. Yeah, I'm glad that you get Carolina early. That's kind of that might. It's a little bit unfortunate, too, because that could be the game that like decides the division this year. Week one, um, it's a, when it's a, you have a season as short as the NFL, and it's like, oh, your season isn't over if you win week one. But your chance at the division might be if you lose to uh, Carolina out of the gate. But at least to get them at home, and that should be a that's that's a game that should be a tune in one. Yeah, let's let's look at this because last year when we went through this, I said the Falcons will probably be favored in two games, maybe just one. And I think last year the Falcons were favored in two games, maybe just one. I think they got favored in two. They were probably favored against Arizona at the end. They were favored at home against the Bears. They were probably favored against the Panthers at the end of the season at home. But that's it. So they were yeah. favored in just three. When I look at this schedule, they should be favored in at least half. Let's oh. let's go through as we as we start talking it. And you know, you mentioned the Carolina Panthers at home right off the bat. That should be a I mean, I say should be. There are no should be wins with a team that hasn't had a winning record in, in a bunch, but they should be favored in this game. That's a favorable matchup, team with a rookie quarterback, new head coach, you know, something to prove, new head coach bounce and all that type of stuff, but if you're going to be a playoff contender, and you're going to get a return on investment on your hundreds of millions of dollars in free agents, and you're drafting a win now pick with your with your number eight pick. That needs to be a game you need to win. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, they'll they'll be favored. Also, I mean, I think they'll be favored at home in that one. That's going to be a tough one. The NFC South is probably one of the more intriguing games, but at home they need to come out and establish line of scrimmage and. Um, just beat them up, beat up the Panthers. Panthers got a good defense, though, so that'll be – I'm very excited for that week one matchup. Yeah, that should be a a, a good fashion SEC type of battle. You know, old school, running the ball, you know, tough, good defenses. What we think of as the AFC North these mm -hmm. days, uh, you know, black and blue football. You move on to the Packers. The Packers weren't real good last year. 
Um, they've lost Aaron Rodgers, and they've got, you know, we might find out why well, we know just because Jordan Love didn't play doesn't mean he can't be really, really good. I mean, Aaron Rodgers yeah. was really, really good, and he waited his turn. Um, but I still feel like this is a game at home the Falcons should be favored to win. And two quarterbacks who are still pretty new to the the bright lights, uh, at least in the NFL style. I guess Bryce Young played in some pretty big games, but the NFL is different than the SEC even. So you then you get Jordan Love, two young green quarterbacks, first time going through being the guy um, at their respective uh, teams. So, yeah, I think you caught those two teams at good uh, good times as well. And John says they should have another quarterback, even if the practice squad. I, I think they will. Um, they've got well, they do. They've got they've got three. So they've got three. They signed um, Logan. What's his last name? Woodside from the Panthers last yeah. year. So he'd be the number three guy. So it'd be one one Ritter, two Heineke, three Logan Woodside. Um, so I think that would be that uh, they've got three under contract. And then you're always looking, always looking. Move on. Game uh, week three. And you've got the, the Detroit Lions. Now, on the road against Detroit, unless they come out and just lay an egg, I would say the, the, the Lions, who were playing good football at the end of last year, will probably be favored coming into that game. That doesn't mean it's not a winnable game. It's absolutely a winnable game. Mm -hmm. But I think the Lions will be favored in this one. I agree. I think the Lions will be favored maybe by four or five. Um, I think under neutral field, I'd have the Lions by two right now. And then you give them the home bump. So that's about five and a half is what I'd have it at. And then uh, going to London, and Jacksonville will probably be favored in that game as well. That's 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 a home game for the Jaguars, which doesn't mean a whole lot, except for the Jaguars are there all the time. It's kind of like they're trying to establish the Jaguars as the North London team. Um, you know, you could say London, but it's really not like that. I mean, there's like six huge soccer clubs in London, so you know it, they actually have pockets where they're so big. <laughs> And they still put sixty thousand people in the in the in the stands every weekend in London, so almost like North London because they play in Wembley and they play in uh, at Spurs Stadium. Um, Tottenham. I'll give the foul. I'll give the Jaguars the edge on this one on on paper. So as far as as far as uh, who's favored in each game, I'd have the Falcons at two and two. Same. I think we had the spread on this one. Early spread was about three and a half, uh, four and a half for the Jags. So uh, I think that you definitely go in there and take one of those games. But uh, as far as the spread goes, it's two and two. And we're already about to go over what we had last year for the Falcons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think they may have been favored. They may have been favored in three, but it, it, it wasn't more than that. Uh, Jamal coming in on, on, on YouTube. He says, good morning, Scott and rise up and Nick, everyone else. That's all y'all. Uh, the Falcons going 11 and six or 12 and five. The Panthers learning a new defensive scheme uh, and a new offense. Let's go. I like your uh, I like your optimism for sure. Um, Chris Walker comes in on Facebook. He said, Good morning, Chris. He says we can't run the ball every play. We still need better depth and find out if we have anyone with it worth a darn after London. Uh, we have to be able to pass the ball at least some of the time. It's a fairly shallow position group. Wide receiver it is, like I said, but if you start thinking of B. John Robinson is a slot. Cordell Patterson is a wide receiver, and Kyle Pitts is a wide receiver. All of a sudden, things start looking a little better because all those guys can line up. Cordell and Kyle can definitely line up outside. You have then you can have um, B. John Robinson in the slot. Now your your pass catching options before you even get to a true tight end like John o. Smith looks better. It does. Mm -hmm. um, you have to. 
positionless football, you know, that's that's kind of a catchphrase these days. But yeah, I, I need I need versatile guys. And mm-hmm. when Bijan Robinson is coming up playing seven on sevens, he's catching the ball. You know, yeah. that that's this generation now. They're playing seven on sevens year round and, and they're catching the ball. And he's caught a ton of passes. He's lined up in the slot, um, you know, through his youth career. He's going to be a pass catching weapon. Kyle Pitts, we know, tight end receiver, whatever. They'll line him up at tight end because he's big enough to do it, but he is a pass catching receiver. So it doesn't look quite as bad, but yeah. Um, and yeah, as, as Eric, as Chris says, as long as Felipe Franks isn't our third quarterback, if I see him take another snap as an Atlanta Falcon at quarterback, it'll be too soon. And frankly, I think he's going to have a hard time making the roster this year. I, he, I do. He, he just, when he went in and he would press and make mistakes and it's like, dude, you're a fringe guy and you can't keep doing that. We'll see. It's kind of been a, a pet project for the Falcons. So we'll see, but I don't like his chances moving on real quick. Texans commanders at home. I think the Falcons should probably be favored in both of those games. And now I got us at uh, the Falcons at four and two moving on to the Buccaneers. And it's not, it's conceivable. The Falcons could be a slight favorite, but if you look at where the Titans are being predicted, the Titans are falling off a cliff. The Buccaneers are, are sinking that, they could, those are winnable games. They could be favored at worst, you know, say a split out of those two and you're sitting at five and three with the Vikings coming home. Yeah. I think that because we'll be what, six, seven games into the season at that point, we'll have a much better idea of what Tampa is and what Tennessee is uh, two teams that are pretty hard, undefinable right now. I think I just have a hard idea, especially Tampa Bay with the quarterback change. What does it look like with Baker Mayfield there as the probable starter? But Right now, even on the road, I think Atlanta has a chance to be, if not, you know, a pick'em game, uh, a, a road favorite uh, in that one. So, uh, will be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think you got a chance to be favored in all those games, and of course, Texans and uh, Commanders as well. I think you have a chance to be. I think you will be favored in those ones. Yeah. So I, I say five and three with the Vikings coming home, and if you're sitting there at five and three, you're going to be favored. Yeah. Uh, at home, even by a point, point and a half. Winnable and there's game. No team- there's no team that's going to probably or there's no team as likely to have a regression this upcoming season from luckiness than the Minnesota Vikings. What were they 11 and 0 in one score games? A lot of health as well. I mean, that's it's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. So so I, six and three isn't out of the question here. Then you go to Arizona, who is playing for a number one overall draft pick, possibly yeah. um, going on the road. That shouldn't be an overall terrible road game. So you're talking seven, three Saints at home. I'm going to give the Saints a split, and I'll just say the home game. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're talking eight and three. Jets on the road will be tough. Uh, I would probably say, depending on when they're say their favorite, eight and four. Tampa Bay back at home, nine and four. Carolina to be determined could be a little tougher. Uh, let's just say a split there, just for yeah. giggles' sake. Nine and five. And then you've got three games left. Am I too many? 14, no, that's 17. Nine and five. Colts at home. I'm going to give the Falcons the, the nod on this one. 10 and five. Bears on the road. And Saints on the road. Even if those two road games, if you're not favored, I'm saying 10 and seven. The Falcons should be favored in 10 of these 17 games. Yeah. I mean, looking at the schedule, it just makes me be like, um, where can I go? Where's my bookie? Uh, maybe I can get some of that uh, over action. But again, still a lot of pieces to figure out here. But as far as the schedule goes, I mean, do you play a single 
team that's like a Super Bowl con- considered a Super Bowl contender out there. I mean, really, just looking at it, you avoid all the heavy hitters in the AFC. Uh, I guess you're on paper the the two toughest teams you play again are week two and or week three and week four. Uh, you're in Detroit, the NFC Matt South, Jackson. and you got the AFC South. Yeah, I mean, if I'm looking at that, honestly, the best team that they play at the end of the season, the two best teams, Jets. I might say the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Could be one of those teams. And I might say the Jets, honestly. The Jets yeah. could be one of those teams. It could be your two best teams on paper. The two best teams, forget on paper. By the by the end of the season, the two best teams on the schedule could be the Jets and and the 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 Jaguars. Uh the Jets were in the play. Did they make the playoffs? Did they eke in or they they just missed, right? They got Their cold really cold was at the end. Awful. It was yeah. awful. You know, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers fell off. You know, he's not. So what? Yeah. Even if he's, if Aaron Rodgers has the worst season he's ever had, as long as it's not a Russell Wilson-like drop-off type of worst season, and I don't expect that to happen. I think this the I think the situation in, in New York is better than it was in Denver where everybody was new. And this, you've got an established team, established coach, and now you're just adding a quarterback to it. Then I think the Jets could be one of the best teams on, on the schedule this year and, and kind of a dark horse run for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So the schedule makes you look at it and say, you know, yeah, but Desmond Ritter, I swear to God, that's the answer for everything. Well, yeah, they did this, this, and this, but Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Well, Desmond Ritter went two and two last year with that team without Kyle Pitts. I mean, 10 and seven seems not only reasonable, but probable right now, Nick. Yeah, it's 10 and 7 seems pretty likely. I mean, obviously, we want to see what it looks like. There's going to be a few of these games looking at the schedule where it's like, oh, why did we drop that one? You know, maybe it's at home versus the Packers. I mean, Packers got talent on defense. Maybe that's one of those weeks it doesn't happen. Maybe you go into Tennessee and for some reason that week you can't tackle and Derrick Henry goes off. So there'll be a few games here and there. But as far as favored goes, I mean, I'd be pretty shocked just looking at the schedule if this team didn't finish above 500. Yeah, like I said, the the easiest thing you've ever seen, you know, the Colin Coward thing, the 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 easiest, craziest line I ever saw was a Falcon. How do you go eight and a half, eight and a half wins with Desmond Ritter at quarterback? This is how. This is how. Um, you've got a good, real, a good, solid team, and a schedule. The quarterback isn't going to be the difference between four wins and twelve wins on this team. So I um, I just think you know you're you're. There, there will be games you drop that you that you shouldn't, and there will be games that you win that you shouldn't. But mm-hmm. the Falcons have considerably outplayed their over-under on favored games under Arthur Smith the last two seasons. Last year, it was four and a half. They won seven. The year before, it may have been five and a half, maybe six, but they won seven. This year, I think they should be favored in at least nine, mm-hmm. which helps set the, the, the line at eight and a half. And if you overplay that, is 12 and 5 out of the question? Oh, I'm starting to get the math. It's starting to like the 17 starting to become automatic. I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, 12 and 4 has just been burned into my brain for 40 years. That 12 and 5 is not out of the question for this team with this schedule. Yeah, and just look doing the math here real quick as far as a uh, Vegas odds to the Super Bowl out of the top 16 teams in the NFL in terms of Vegas odds. Uh, which would be, you know, half the league, obviously, is a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you only play four of those teams. Uh, granted, Jacksonville, one of them, 
Jacksonville. Jets. Jets. Jets have the highest odds of winning the Super Bowl based on any of the teams you play, but that's the that might be a little bit of Aaron Rodgers, people getting to bet uh market kind of thing going there. Vikings? Vikings are not in there. Nope. The Lions. The Lions, okay. Lions are like they were doing well. And I, I honestly can't I can't find another one because I'm not picking the Packers. Vegas likes the Saints. Vegas okay. likes the sure the more sure bet of Derek Carr in there. I believe that's okay, what it yeah, is going I, on. I there. can live with that. If they're if the Saints are 16th, I think they're 15th. Yeah, yep. then I can live with that. That's that's okay. And you play them twice, and hopefully, you know, you, you should be able to get a split. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and as Eric says, the defense should be the biggest difference in this season. And Eric, I agree. The offense was pretty well in place last year and and did a good job. Could the passing game be a more effective? Yeah. Was it becoming more effective through Ritter's start after start after start? Yes, it was. Was Kyle Pitts out there those last four games? No, he was not. There's a big, literally big weapon that you're adding and a B. John Robinson. The offense should be in pretty good shape. Yeah. You add, you already, you're already good at running back. Now you're great at running back. The pass kept catching options. Again, if you look at the hole, when I drop back to pass and I see who's out there, don't think of it as positions. Think about players. Ritter comes back to pass. And remember, he can run too. And I drop back and I see Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Cordero Patterson, uh, B. John Robinson. And I got Keith Smith back there blocking for me. I, I feel pretty good about that. The defense is what will make. Well, Scott, how can you? What, how how quickly is this defense going to come together? They were awful last year, awful as far as personnel goes. That they played below average was really good work from Dean Peace and the guys that were there. There's so much more talent on this defense, Nick. Yeah, I mean, just they're deeper. I'm excited to see the defensive coordinator can do here, uh, but especially on that defensive line. I mean, this has been a horrible, uh, t- pretty bad defensive line, especially the depth-wise over these last few seasons. Now you have a rotation of guys. Now, do you have that, you know, all-pro uh, guy who, like, doesn't matter what the other team does scheme-wise that you can just, like, okay, this is a matchup winner right here? I don't think so, but most teams don't. So you you approach it from a defensive uh, or a defensive depth approach and – should be pretty darn good. So yeah, I'm excited for this defense as well. Back seven still has some questions uh, overall. I mean, you do have you know two guys that you feel pretty darn good about with Jesse Bates and AJ Terrell, but mm-hmm. linebacking core is still pretty young overall. We're gonna see how those guys uh, mature, and then the cornerback depth is still a question mark as well. But we can nitpick all day on every single team. Uh, you know, we could be talking about the Chiefs, Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl favorite. Now we're looking at the defense right now. We can find a few things to complain about. Here's a good shout from anonymous reviewer. He says, Mac Hollins has gotten a lot of disrespect this offseason. Tall team captain with uh, 700 yards last season. Only problem I have with that one is, isn't that pretty close to what Braylon Edwards came in yeah. with from the from the, um, from the Raiders the year before? He was about 600 and 650, and he didn't get on the field, man. They're different types, though. Mac Hollins is very much a, a he's a big-time special team standout. Uh, very good gunner. He's killed it at special teams everywhere he's gone. Uh, and also he is a seam or a, a fly route specialist, you know, nine, uh, he can get out there and he can get deep and vertical. Could use some of that. So, and he's big, like because of yeah. he's not only fast, but because he's big, he can win over um, some guys down the field, like post him up. So he's not very, he doesn't do a very good job of throttling down. I don't think he's very sudden by any means, uh, has a hard time sinking his hips and changing directions in his routes, but a pretty good player. And somebody that I, I would love him as a wide receiver three, given how much he brings. Uh, but 
he's somebody that you're going to have a role. I don't think he plays like Braylon Edwards at all, who was more of a big slot, you know, not very explosive by any means. Did I ever tell you, Nick, that I'm actually a big sap? Okay. Well, I mean, you, 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 you know, told me like, that you love com- the notebook, car, you know, right? commercials. I mean, oh, like yeah. movies. Oh, I'm, I'm a mess. I love this picture from Eric so much. I'm actually like tearing up. <laughs> I'm like, I absolutely love your picture, Eric. That is so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're listening after the fact, he's got one with uh, looks like little, I'm guessing little girl. All I can see is the long curls and the big smile in his lap. And I absolutely love it. So on that note, we're 30 minutes today. Mm-hmm. we've got to, uh, so we've got to get going, but we'll be back on Wednesday morning. Where we can go the full hour and we can break this down a little bit more uh, because I'm, I'm real interested to start taking a, a look at some of these, some of these teams and just say, why not the Falcons? Why not? Uh, you know, they're in year three, they've overachieved. Now they're cooking with gas and, instead of, you know, leftovers, pulling trash out of the bin and stuff and, and getting out there. So I'm no, no pun. I don't mean trash. I just, you know, with gas, um leon appreciate you being here just a quick review of the show we went over some of the signings that happened and then we spent a lot of the time on the schedule um you know I, I think the falcons should be favored in at least nine of their games instead of just two like they were this time last year last year i was preaching patience for this for this team based on the roster the dead cap money and you saw the reason why y'all are literate enough on social media to see people losing their minds when the falcons drop a game i'm like are you joking They've won seven games with this team. That's miracle work. Expectations are different now. I think anything under nine, and you're you're going to get some grumbling, um, and, and deservedly so. It's time. It is. It's time. It's the Atlanta Falcons' time to get out from the cellar, emerge from the shadows of cap hell, and and go win some football games. And I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing this collection of talent. Uh, on offense, and then a lot of these new faces on defense to see what they can do. So on that note, Nick and I are going to head over to Mile High Huddle to talk a little Broncos for breakfast for the next hour. If you want to join us, head over there on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash milehighhuddle. Uh, thanks for being here, everybody. The, the audience continued to grow as we went along, and hopefully we'll see you again Wednesday morning, 9 o'clock. Hope everybody has a great week. Have a good day, everybody. Peace.